what a week. Um, you know, I, I know that it's been a very serious week, but us Brits, we always seem to find the humour even in, like, sadness, don't we? And I saw someone kind of put on uh, social media, they said, I've got a pint of milk in my fridge that's had two monarchs and two prime ministers in the past, uh, past few days. So uh, there you go. But uh, what incredible week of change in our nation. We've had a new prime minister, then we've had a new government, and now, of course, we've got a new monarch as well, even in just, it seems like, it's been forever, if you've watched, certainly if you've watched all the hours of TV coverage, but only uh, just, you know, just a couple of days. But um, I always think, you know, there's something significant when um, headship changes in a nation. Uh, although it's a natural thing, there's something spiritual that happens. And so when there's a double change of authority, I mean, I don't know if that's unprecedented or not, but it's certainly in, in our lifetimes, it's unprecedented. So uh, what an incredible week that it's been. And I feel that we really are living in the fulfillment of Hebrews 13, where God says that in the last days, I will shake everything that can be shaken. And what have we had over the past years? We've had, what, three different prime ministers. We've had Brexit. We've had a pandemic. We've had got a war in, in Europe. We've got cost of living crisis. And now, of course, a, a, a new king as well. Everything that can be shaken is being shaken. And then just to clarify that, what, me, what that means, the writer to the Hebrews says, that, that he means by that, all created things. So it shouldn't surprise us that everything that is created is being shaken. Governments are shaken, economies are shaken, health systems are shaken. Uh, you know, everything that is created, everything is being shaken. But then it says this, the, the reason behind it is this, that the one thing that cannot be shaken will remain the kingdom of God and then it says this we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken and just think about that for a moment we are receiving a kingdom you know um, on the death of his mother King Charles received a kingdom I mean that's a pretty monumentous moment isn't it you know a kingdom that's been going what a thousand years he inherited that kingdom but the bible tells us that little old me and little old you we are also receiving a kingdom our kingdom is an eternal kingdom a kingdom that even if all of hell comes against it the kingdom that we are receiving cannot be shaken so put on your crown this morning Put on your royal robes, take your place with Jesus in heavenly places. We're kings, queens, priests, part of the royal priesthood of God. Anyone glad about that this morning? Come on. So, um, so God, God is uh, an incredible God, isn't he? And in the midst of all this shaking, um, God actually put it on my heart to, to start, this was before all of this, but to start a kind of a, a new um, series this morning, uh, which is uh, it's the name Established. And um, I've, I've touched on this before, but really over the next few times that I get the opportunity to speak here on a Sunday morning, I, I want to really get into this subject of being established. And um, I want us to begin in Psalm uh, 93. 
And um, this is uh, just a wonderful psalm. And I, I feel, especially with everything that's going on in our nation right now, just listen to the words of this psalm or, or, or follow along with me. The Lord reigns. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed in majesty and is armed with strength. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. Your throne was established long ago. You are from all eternity. The seas have lifted up, O Lord. The seas have lifted up their voice. The seas have lifted up their pounding waves. Mightier than the thunder of the great waters. Mightier than the breakers of the sea. The Lord on high is mighty. Your statutes stand firm. Holiness adorns your house for endless days, O Lord. Hallelujah. It says there in verse 2, God's throne was established long ago. You are from all eternity. You know, one of the, the things that has been uh, kept kind of coming out in, in the commentary over the past couple of days is that it seems like, I think one of the reasons why a lot of people are upset and, and, and um, unsettled is that that one constant presence in all of our lives, uh, I say all of our lives, have we got anyone here old enough to be, on the th uh, to be alive when the, the, the king was around? No? Not, no one's that old, are they? I'm trying not to make eye contact with anyone. <laughs> but that one constant presence in our nation, as governments have come and gone, and as all kinds of, of society and culture has changed so much over the past 70 years, and yet the queen has always been there, and yet she no longer is there. And that, that's such a, a monumentous thing. But as the church... We have a heavenly king who, is, who established his throne way back in eternity. And he is the one who was, the one who is, and the one who is to come. Who knows, he will never, ever, ever come off of his throne. He is king and he will always be king. He is Lord, he will always be Lord. He rules and he reigns and his throne has been established for all eternity and that is never ever going to change. So I want us to just encourage us this morning uh, with a reminder of who our king is. He is El Shaddai, the almighty God. He is the ancient of days. He is the compassionate and gracious God. He is the eternal king. He is the everlasting father. He is the father of lights. He is faithful. He is Elohim, the God of all the earth. He is the great and awesome God. He is the holy one. He is the great I am. He is the king of glory. He is Adonai, the Lord. He is the Lord of hosts. He is the most high God. He is our rock, our shield, our shepherd, our refuge, the strong deliverer. He is Jehovah Shalom, our peace. He is Jehovah Shema, the Lord who is there. He is Jehovah Nissi, the Lord, our banner. He is Jehovah Siskanu, 
our righteousness. He is Jehovah Rapha, our healer. He is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. And he's a three-in-one Father, Son, and Spirit. Come on, give him some praise this morning. Now, in, in Job chapter 25, verse 2, it says this. Dominion and awe belong to God. He establishes order in the heights of heaven. He establishes order in the heights of heaven. The Amplified says this. He makes peace in the high places. And so... In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So on earth right now, there's chaos. There's craziness. There's confusion. But in heaven, where God rules, where God reigns, he has established perfect order. Who knows there is no confusion in heaven. There is no panic in heaven. There is no upset in heaven. They're not having a committee meeting in heaven this morning where God's saying to the angels, I, I don't know what to do. Has anyone got any good ideas? No, God from all eternity has established order in the heavens. In heaven, everything is in its rightful place. He has established order. He has established peace in the high places. Why is that significant for me and you? Well, obviously, firstly, because our God is in heaven uh, and he has established order. But also, where does the Bible tell us that me and you are seated? In where? Heavenly places with Christ Jesus. So this morning, you've got a body. And your body is down here on earth um, amidst all the confusion and craziness and pain and sorrow and unrighteousness, all the, the horrible stuff, that's where we physically are this morning. But your spirit, which is the real you, the eternal you, your real identity, the place where your authority and power comes from, that is above all the problems, all the situations, all the confusions, it's seated in heavenly places where God rules, where God reigns, where there is perfect peace and where there is perfect order. Amen. So what about your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions? Well, really that depends on which of you you feed the most. If you feed your flesh... Your mind, your will, your emotions is going to be pulled downward. But the Holy Spirit wants to lift us upwards. And so, yes, we still get sad. We still get upset. But where God wants is that our soul is lifted to that place where we have joy, we have faith, we have hope, we have confidence because we are living in that place where God rules and where his order has been established. That's why coming to the house of God is important. That's why feeding ourselves on the word of God, why prayer, why worship, where communion with Jesus is so vital because those things lift us to a higher place where God rules and where God reigns and where his order has been established. Amen. 
So, God's order has been established from all eternity. God has a plan. God has a plan for Great Britain. God has a plan for his church. God has a plan for your life. And God has a, pl a plan for my life. And it has been established in heaven. That means that Satan can't mess with it. That Satan can't stop it. That the events of this lower earthly world cannot affect the plans and the purposes that God has established in heaven. And it's our job to invite his kingship, his lordship, as Keith has led us in prayer this morning, into our lives. That, what is, that his kingdom that is established in heaven will be established here on earth. Um, Hebrews 2, don't need to turn there, but um, Hebrews 2, uh, there's a wonderful theological tension. Um, it, it talks about the son of man, and it says this, that everything is under them, yeah. using son of man plural, because God had one son, but he's made many sons. He's brought many sons to glory. And it says everything is under them. So this is great Pentecostal faith preaching. That sickness, the devil, bondage, depression, everything is under Jesus and under our feet. Amen. Uh, he's got power. He's authority. He rules. He reigns. We love it. But then it says this. But at present, we don't see everything under them. And this is that theological tension, isn't it? That yes, as, as Laura's just been reading, uh, Jesus has overcome. The Lamb has triumphed. He's a lion of the tribe of Judah. He has power and authority. And yet at the moment, we don't see everything affected by that power and authority. Who knows? We still live in a world, as Darren just shared that beautiful testimony, we still live in a world where there is pain. And where there is suffering, and there is, there is brokenness, and there is unrighteousness. Um, but I love what it says in verse 9. And this is, um, this is the answer. Because it's that great question, isn't it? If God reigns, why does bad stuff happen? If God rules, why is there tragedy? Why is there sickness? Why is there all this stuff? It says everything is under them. At the present, we don't see everything under them. Then it says this, but we see Jesus. Yeah. And that's the answer to all the questions. We see Jesus. At the moment, yes, we still see pain, brokenness, suffering. What's the answer? He didn't give us an answer. It just says, we see Jesus. And that is the answer, isn't it, to whatever you're going through, Whatever I'm going through, no matter how I'm feeling or you're feeling, the answer is that we see Jesus. The one who has all power, all authority, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and the name above all names. I want to uh, read you these words um, uh, from this book that I'm reading at the moment. Jesus is everything. He is the Father's only sermon. He is heaven's light as there is no sun there. 
He is the object of heaven's affection. Heaven's saintly and angelic choirs sing of him eternally. He is the source of their lyrics, the means by which they sing, and the object of their adoration. His spirit makes the songs audible and gives them breath. There is no temple in heaven because Jesus is the temple. He is both the temple and the one who fills it. He is the heart and the will of the Father, the Son of his love. He is all in all. May he be all in our hearts. Hebrews tells us that Jesus is the actual speaking of the Father. Our Father will forever speak one thing. This is my Son. Why would he only say this one thing? The answer is so simple that it sends a dart of love through the deepest recess of our, recesses of our spirit. In saying Jesus, he has spoken everything. There is simply nothing left to say. The scriptures tell us that Jesus descended and ascended to fill all things. Again, the scripture says, in him, all things consist. This language is majestic and beyond wise. He has filled all, contains all, and is all in all. There is now nowhere else to look. There is no other place to go. There is no other vision worth having. There is nothing left to see. Jesus is the source, the means, and the goal. Jesus is not a mere bridge to a better place. He is the greatest destination. Come on, give Jesus some, some praise this morning. So Jesus came not bringing a religion but a kingdom. And uh, I want to touch um, maybe next week on how heaven's kingdom can be established in our lives here on earth. Um, but... Um, just for the, for the remaining few minutes that I've got this morning, um, I want to read from Genesis chapter 9. And it says this, this is God speaking to Noah in verse 11. He says, I establish my covenant with you. Never again will all life be cut off by the waters of a flood. Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, this is a sign of the covenant I'm making between me and you and every living creature with you. A covenant for all generations to come. I have set my rainbow in the clouds and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and all the earth. So God says, I establish a covenant between me and the earth. An everlasting covenant that has been established in the sky itself. I don't know if you saw this um, this picture, if you can just put it up. Um, but this is, um, this was the moment when it was announced that the Queen had passed away. This was outside Buckingham Palace. And at that moment, there was this beautiful double rainbow that was across uh, Buckingham Palace and the city of London. And when I saw that, I just felt that that was a sign from God that his hand is still on this nation and that God has got a wonderful plan and a wonderful purpose for our new king and for the kingdom, the, the nation of the United Kingdom and Great Britain. Amen. Um, you know, throughout the, throughout the Bible, you can, you can put that away. Thank you. Um, throughout the Bible, we find that God is a covenant-keeping God. Amen? And you know, there are some um, 
There, there are many covenants that God makes in, in the Bible, but the major ones, God made a covenant with, um, with, uh, with here with Noah. He established a covenant with Abraham. He established a covenant with Moses and the children of Israel. And he established a covenant with David as well. But the greatest covenant that God established was with his son, Jesus. And that covenant is this. That all other covenants and that all blessings and that all the favor and all the good things that God has all find their fulfillment in Jesus. And all of God's promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. So every covenant that God ever made to bless his people, to provide for his people, to be there for his people, all of those has been established in Jesus and those that belong to Jesus. Amen. Um, in, in 1 Corinthians, it says this, you know this scripture well, all the promises of God are in him, Jesus, yes, and in him, amen. To the glory of God through us. Now listen to this next bit. Now he who establishes with you in Christ and has anointed us is God. So Paul says three things in that verse. He says, number one, all of God's promises are yes in Christ. They have been established in Jesus. Then he says this. And this is how you are established in God. And this is how you are anointed with God. So Paul links a life that is established and a life that is full of the Spirit with knowing that all God's promises are yes in Jesus. So who wants a a faith that is established? Yeah? That our faith isn't affected by all the stuff that's going on. Our faith is not affected by the gas bill when it comes through. Our faith is not affected by the stuff that we see in the news or read about in the newspapers. Our faith is established. It's a faith that cannot be shaken, cannot be moved. We know perfect peace, perfect joy, perfect hope. How are we established? And how do we live in the fullness of the Spirit? The key is the preceding verse. Knowing that all God's promises are yes in Jesus. When I know that he is my healer, he's my provider, he's with me, he's for me, he's my righteousness, he's the source of my joy, the source of my peace. When I know that I have access to God, when I know that I can come into the presence of God, when I know all these things, and know that it's not just kind of fortune cookie promises, it's actually a covenant that's been established, then that means that my faith is established. Knowing that God has established his covenant with Jesus means that my faith is established in him and in that covenant that he's made. Hallelujah. Amen. And then um, uh, let me just go just a few more moments. But it says this in Hebrews 8, that this covenant that God has made with Jesus is established on better 
promises than the old covenant. Because um, who knows, if something's going to be established properly, it needs to be on a good foundation. The old covenant was established on the behavior of the children of Israel. Who knows, that was not a very good foundation. And, um, it, it, you know, let's not judge too harshly because we'd probably be even worse, right? You know, we, we wouldn't have, you know, fire and brimstone to kind of, you know, scare us. Um, but God's covenant, the old covenant, was established on the behavior of his people. If you behave, I'll bless you. If you keep everything in order, you, you'll see my favor. But that was a temporary, that was a rocky foundation. Because, you know, God's behavior, God's people's behavior, up and down, just like ours is. But it says that this new covenant has been established on the blood of Jesus. So this covenant is not established on the behavior of man, which is completely untrustworthy. But it's established on the very blood and the very life of the Son of God. That means that God's blessings and God's favor and God's promises are not dependent on our behavior, but on the victory of Jesus. That means that even if my faith is a little bit rocky, even if I've not prayed as much as I should, even if I messed up this week, whatever I have done, his promises still stand. He's still the healer. He's still the provider. He's still good. He's still faithful. Grace is still yours. There's a garment of righteousness that's still yours. You can still come boldly into his presence without shame, without guilt, without condemnation. Because I may change, you may change, but Jesus stays the same. Hallelujah. He is the promise keeper. And those promises are sealed in his blood. Hallelujah. So the message of the gospel is not striving, but it's abiding. It's just remain in me and I'll remain in you. And God even goes on to say that in this new covenant, all those rules and laws and regulations that you cannot possibly fulfill in your own strength, he says, I'll put my Holy Spirit in you and he'll write those laws on your heart and on your mind so that it's my spirit that will change you and transform you to the image of my son. It's not about behaving, it's beholding. Beholding Jesus, looking at him and trusting in him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let me, um, let me close um, if Laura can, can come up, we'll, we'll um, have a, a moment of worship again in a moment. Oh, here it goes. I, I keep this little star in my Bible because it's, I like it. Some of you may have heard me read this before it's just a little short paragraph but I always find it so powerful it says Adoniram Judson was a remarkable missionary to Burma remarkable not the least because he seemed to have no success no converts for well over a decade yet he stuck to it 
Indeed, the tribes he was ministering to had become impatient and hostile towards him. There came a day of confrontation when the chief of one tribe was about to throw Judson to the flames and had him tied up. He came and eyeballed Judson and said, What do you think now of your God, now that you are about to die? Judson stared right back at him and said in memorable words, My future is as bright as the promises of God. Famously, it was a tribal chief who blinked, untied Judson and said he would hear more about this God. This was the day that Christianity took root in Burma. Can we say that together this morning? My future is as bright as the promises of God. And here's the final scripture. Psalm 89 verse 2. I will declare that your love stands firm forever. You established your faithfulness in heaven itself and we can stand and and let's stand this morning and declare together that our God is a faithful God Amen can you say that this morning over your life over your circumstances God you are faithful you are faithful and whatever promise you need from heaven today just receive it right now in Jesus name those of you who need healing those of you who need just wisdom or grace or just a touch from God whatever it is come on let's just raise our hands to heaven right now and just say amen to all the promises of God come on say amen to the word of God say yes to the word of God this morning God we receive your promises We receive all that you have for us this morning. Come on, let's just sing a song of praise together. Um, But I want uh, Lucy's with us this morning, so why don't you give her a welcome as she comes up. (laughs) Wonderful. Do you want to come over there? There's a microphone for you. Hello. Hello. Uh, thank you so much for coming um, to, to Revive this morning. I know you're going to be in uh, West Hall next Sunday as well. Yep. Um, you're involved in something um, which we, we have mentioned um, uh, before. We, we did let people know that, that you were coming um, earlier on in the summer. Uh, but you're involved in something called Healing Rooms. Yes. Um, so can you tell us kind of what that is? Where did that idea come from? Yeah, so um, the original healing rooms were set up in a a town called Spokane in Washington State in the US in uh, about the the turn of the 20th century by a man called John G. Lake. And he had a vision for um, opening up uh, a room for people to come to from the community. So it wasn't church-based, it was just anybody was welcome and he would pray for their healing. And within the first five years of him opening that room, they had 100,000 healings and Spokane became known as the healthiest city in the US. Um, Not long, well, he he died in 1935 (coughs) and the the healing rooms closed down at that time. But it was resurrected by a man called Cal Pierce, who some of you may have heard of. He's written a few books um, and he is a leader at uh, Bethel Church in Redding, California. Um, and he started it up again, and that was the birth of um, the International Association of Healing Rooms. And we have a, a UK version um, called Healing Rooms England and Wales, which we're hoping to use to set up our 
healing rooms. And their first healing room was in Halifax in 2003. Um, and they just set up a small room um, and invited people to come for healing. And uh, within a few weeks, people were coming from all over the country. Um, and they didn't have an appointment system. They just invited people to come sort of on an ad hoc basis. Um, and then they realized that this was uh, bigger than they had first imagined when coach loads of people started turning up. Um, and obviously they, they were um, staying for a long time praying for them. So um, that's when the UK organization um, was set up. And since then, I think a there are now 100 or over 100 healing rooms in the UK, wow. but none in this area until now. <laughs> so, I mean, you've got a real passion to, to start these homes in um, here in, in East Yorkshire. Um, so just tell us about the, the couple of different ways that you that you run healing, healing rooms or, or would like to. Will run, yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I work in healthcare, so I'm used to an appointment-based system. And, and sometimes healing rooms can work in that way. So you can have one where people book on sort of go on the website and book on online and turn up as an appointment-based system. You can have them um, running just sort of as the Halifax one did, where people just turn up. But also the other thing is that Healing Rooms uh, England and Wales has a relationship with Costa Coffee, and they have set up some healing rooms within the marketplace in Costa Coffee um, across the UK, there's quite a few of them, and, and these are really exciting marketplace opportunities because people are, uh, don't know about it, they, they don't sort of um, seek it through the church, sort of, that you know, they're just going for their coffee and there is a healing room and the opportunity for them to, to receive healing there. Wow. So you, you kind of, the, the, so the two ways that you'd run yeah. it would be maybe in a, in a church building or a building like this where people would book in. Yeah. But then the other one, the one that really kind of sounds exciting to me is that just as people are having coffee at Costa, that yeah. there's people there offering yeah. prayer for healing, which is yeah. inc incredible. I guess different kinds of healing as well. Um, yeah, emotional healing, physical healing. Um, yeah, all sorts, really, whatever people come come with, you wow. know, we can pray for. So. Uh, so what kind of response have you, you had? So um, it's exciting. So far, we've had quite a lot of people interested. And I think people are really hungry for something like this. And uh, we're so used to offering healing prayer within church services because it's a safe place. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't matter too much. But actually doing it in the community is, mm. you know, is, a, is a, a kind of a more radical way of doing it. But it's obviously the way Jesus would have done it. So, yeah, um, yeah that's what we're, we're hoping to create coming up in the next few yeah, months. Are you aware of any testimonies of kind of the healing rooms that have been more um, established? Oh, so many cancers and uh, everything. I mean, I had the opportunity of going to Brazil in March this year with Global Awakenings, which some of you may have heard of through Randy Clark's ministry. Um, and because everyone is so receptive there, they don't have the cynicism that we have in the UK. Mm everyone was just ready to receive and there was there was just healing yeah just amazing healings you know uh, people with hearing um restored and the blind would see and you know the the, the conversations were about the people that didn't get healed not the ones that did because that was the norm so yeah. that <laughs> that would be nice to see here wow. <laughs> so if if something like this were to be established here on kingswood yeah um what would that look like and what would you need to establish something here on, on, on Kingswood? Um, so we're looking for teams of people. Um, 
we need people who are keen to be prayers, as uh, you know, and be on a rotor. So some of these can operate on a monthly basis, or they can be weekly. Um, that is still God's sort of still unfolding that as we walk forward um, in the vision. But so we need people who want to be on the prayer team. But you don't, please don't feel that you have to be experienced in healing prayer because the more inadequate you feel, the more God can use you. So that's really yeah. um, important. We also need uh, people who are willing to support it within intercessory prayer. So maybe they don't want to be involved or don't have the time or commitment to be involved on the teams, but can just support us in prayer for, for wisdom and guidance. Yeah. Um, anyone who wants to offer financially, the, you know, obviously if the resources, we don't need a lot of resources financially, but um, it, it would be helpful to cover certain costs, like we're doing some training in November. Um, and also venues, pe you know, this would be a, a lovely venue, but also venues across East Riding and Hull would be good Wonderful. too. So if people are interested this morning, um, how, how can they kind of sign up or yeah, express well you interest? Please come and speak to me. I, know, I did have some flyers, um, but unfortunately they haven't come in time, but I will get them to Andrew, so you will have them. Um, you can go onto the Healing Rooms England and Wales website just to see the, what their philosophy and ethos is. Um, but if you if you want to speak to me afterwards, um, or because I haven't got the flyers, you can always speak to Andrew because he's he's got my email as well, and he can collect people who are interested and, and let me know, and then I'll I'll send stuff out to you by email as well. So awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming. Okay. And, um, amen. Wonderful. So anyone wanting to be involved, um, please come and, and chat at the end. Um, why don't we Why don't we stand um, together this morning? We're going to take up our tithes and offering. Um, so I think, um, well, yeah, let's just stand together and we're just going to pass the buckets around. If anyone would like any, if you need any gift aid envelopes or anything like that, just stick your hand up and we will get those to you. Um, when the service closes in a few seconds time, um, if there is anyone here who would like prayer, for healing or for any other th anything else. Uh, some of our pastors are going to be over here just in this corner. And so please don't leave this place without receiving prayer. If anyone uh, just needs that, that prayer or that encouragement, then our pastors uh, will be there um, for you. Um, yeah, I think that is about it. So we'll, we'll just... Uh, Hand this around. God bless you all. Please don't rush away. Uh, if you can help with the chairs, that would be great. And then just feel free uh, just to chat and to, uh, to fellowship together. Then that would be wonderful. Um, God bless you all.